It is a show for Friday, August 25th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. A look at you going floorball one forgotten rotten jersey on us. Do you remember how hot it was during floorball one? And these things are not, it's hot right now, and I'm regretting wearing this, but I do look good. Like the two, you four. Do. You do. Forgotten rotten. Yeah. Yeah, man. Look, we're both in blue. But just different shades. Different shades. Different shades. Uh, Truth be told, we are taping this late on Thursday night uh, because I had to travel Friday morning. But still, we are covering all of the important stuff in the baseball world. Quick tip of the cap to the New York Mets who announced on Thursday they are retiring two more digits. They've been doing this like wildfire with Steve Cohn at the helm. That's right. Doc Gooden's number 16. Daryl Strawberry's number 18 will be retired in 2024. I don't. I don't know exactly how to feel about this because they I, I actually think they epitomized the 86 Mets and the great teams of the Mets in the mid to late 80s because they were uber talented. They helped them win it all. Uh, it felt like they could have done a little bit more and they got into trouble off the field. So they were like the epitome of what the New York Mets were all about during that time. Well, I will say this about Daryl Strawberry. My dad, like, you know, grew up a, a baseball guy, but uh, he didn't really share a lot of, you know, like who his favorite players were, who his favorite team was. But there was two guys that he always mentioned. One was Roberto Clemente. So that was mm-hmm. the best player he's ever seen play the game, hands down. And the second one was Daryl Strawberry. And I think he's five years older than my dad, but grew up in Los Angeles. So, my dad was an avid paper reader, so I'm sure he saw Daryl's name as he was at Crenshaw High tearing it up. And I don't know if he went and saw him play or whatever during that time, but he always talked to me about those two guys. So it's, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, obviously, both had their trouble. Hopefully, that part of their lives behind them. And uh, it will be a nice ovation for them whenever they do get their jerseys retired in the 2024 season. Uh, Let's get it going with another type of return. Mookie Betts at Fenway Park tonight for the first time since the offseason trade following the 2019 season. Now, do you think this is a bigger deal for the Dodgers superstar or for the city of Boston? I think it's probably a bigger deal for Mookie because, you know, like coming up in an organization, you really – you grow roots there. You know, you're, you play in the minor leagues, you develop relationships, you, you go from being just like a young kid to, you know, a young man in these organizations. That's what Mookie did with Boston. He came up with, you know, David Ortiz and Dustin Pedroia and like a very veteran laden clubhouse. And I think that kind of, I'm reading this article that's on the athletic too. I guess I better give a shout out to the author because that's what we do here on baseball Mm -hmm. today. Uh, this is written by Chad Jennings, Jen McCaffrey, and Fabian Ardaya. Fabian Ardaya, my bad. Uh, and it talks about that. You know, I, I remember Mookie coming up, and I remember this this name because it just was a different name. And like I told you before on the show, my my uncle's dog was named Mookie back then. So I was always like a fan of Mookies, even before I even saw him play. We played against each other in spring training, and you could tell he was special from day one. Uh, he looked a little different on the field because he's of short stature, but like the things he could do with the baseball were incredible. Uh, so you get into these organizations and, you know, obviously makes a name for himself, wins a world series. Um, and then like the contract issues that played out, you know, there's a lot of back and forth about what happened. It was, 
you know, Mookie ever really going to stay in Boston and all these things happen in the end, he went to LA and I think he's, I think he's so happy in LA and I don't think that's a slight on Boston at all, but I think that Mookie is Mookie's a guy that needed to be in a market like this. Uh, in this article, Freddie Freeman actually says, oh, Mookie is the market. He'd be this wherever he was. And maybe he would grow into hmm. you know, his personality a little bit as he got older and more comfortable in Boston. But I really believe that LA can bring that out in a player because it's almost it's not forced upon you, but like it's wide open for whatever you want it to be. So I think Mookie's matured a lot and changed a lot since he's been in LA. I think going back to Boston is going to be a trip for him. And I actually can't believe this is the first time that he's been back in Boston. Like I was shocked when you sent that over. I had to actually look, uh, but going back, you know, to where you grew up is always, it's something dude. And I think it will be emotional for him and for Boston fans. I hope it's emotional for them too. He, there's a ton of great times there. I know at the end it was, Oh, oh, an interesting ordeal, but uh, this is one of, it's one of the best players that we're going to have in our generation. Uh, play the game, so I think you have to recognize that. But uh, to answer your question, I think it's 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 going to be a bigger deal for Mookie. I think it's going to be really emotional for him. Going to be a trip, man. And they get a red hot Mookie Betts. The Dodgers yeah. are sixteen and three this month. He's got a twelve game hitting streak during which he's batting five sixty eight. He went nine for eleven in the series win in Cleveland. So they're getting a guy who is ready to roll. Um, I'll tell you who it won't be a fun weekend for: Boston management and ownership. Because they're just going to get roasted. They just are. You know, I expect Mookie to play well. Dodgers might end up winning the series. I don't know. You know, there's a lot of interplay between these two teams. A lot of guys that played for the Dodgers are in Boston. A lot of guys that played for Boston are now in L.A. But I think that as we travel further down this road, it's going to be hard for us to remember Mookie Betts as a Red Sox. And I hate to say that, but I think this is the way it's going to play out. I just really do. Like, Now the way that he moves around the field, which is something I felt like he wanted to do in Boston but never had the opportunity, you know, he plays second base. He plays shortstop. He still plays the outfield. And he's phenomenal at everything. I He's doing his podcast, which is very successful. Like, he just feels like a different guy out in L.A. And I'm not an L.A. guy. I mean, I've lived here for a long time. Yes, you are, No, I'm not. Like, I don't have a rooting interest for the Dodgers over the Red Sox. I root for Cleveland teams. So it's not like I'm like, yeah, you know what? I love Mookie in L.A. That's not what it is. This is just my perception of it. This is great that you brought this up because I believe that you and Mookie are similar in that fashion. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that you're comparable to Mookie Betts, but I'm <laughs> telling you right now that you're comparable to Mookie Betts because, you know, where's Mookie from? T- uh, Tennessee, Tennessee, right? Nashville. Yeah, yeah. And you're from old Cleveland, Ohio. And both you guys come out to L.A. and take the city over because that's in yeah. your personality. That's it. That on you nailed it. You nailed it. I moved out you here in November. Too got, you guys should be hanging out more often, to be honest. Who says we don't? We live in the same neighborhood. Who says that we don't hang that out? It is true. He hasn't he hasn't upgraded yet to like, I don't know. It's gotta be places upgraded? to upgrade. What type of shot is that? You got a nice house, but not Mookie Betts nice. I mean Hell no, I don't have any I don't got a nice I don't got a Mookie no. Betts nice house either. No, 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 no. You know who does? Matthew Stafford's got a nice Mookie Betts house. Well, which one? Yeah. I think it's going to be fun. By the way, no question, standing ovation, video, the whole bit, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, one. I mean, one hundred percent of video standing ovation. I believe Red Sox fans would will do that. They're oh, they they're better. a really good fan base. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, think they so, better. Yeah. Come on, they better. Yeah. And also, there's nothing that could ever make this not feel like a one sided trade, right? Yeah, no, it can't. Not the way he's producing, and he's right. and like the power numbers have been different and. I think that Mookie's a universally liked guy. So totally. it's even in Boston, even the hardest of Red Sox fans that maybe at the time thought Mookie was being greedy and he should have took a hometown discount. I think they realized the type of guy he is on and off the field because let's, let's mention how great he is off the field and how important that should be to a fan base. Uh, Mookie's excellent in and shit, Chris, everything he does. Pretty good. All right, we spent a lot of time in Thursday's show talking about Shohei Otani with the partially torn UCL. Alden Gonzalez at ESPN is reporting that he is making the trip east. They will start a series with the New York Mets tonight. Not only that, he's going to continue to be the DH. Does this sound like a good idea? To me? No. To you? No. I don't think it sounds like a good idea to be. I, I just don't. I don't know. Like, okay. So now he has some arm issues. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that, so you're worried about that side of the ball. If you're a prospective team, you know, that's looking to garner show his services next year. If for whatever reason, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but just, let's just say Shohei gets in a slump. It's just a regular old slump and his arm has nothing to do with it. What's the first thing they're going to point to? Uh oh, that arm is affecting his hitting. So now he goes into negotiations and it's like, well, we saw that arm kind of affect your hitting as well. So this, this is what we have to offer right now. If he just completely stopped, I don't think they really have that thought in their mind. They've even seen guys like Bryce Harper come back now, albeit his power hasn't, wasn't there initially, but it's it's on its way back. I, I, I think it'd be really smart for him to just shut it down. I don't think anyone would think, Poorly of his decision, uh, especially where the Angels are in the standings. I I just don't think he should. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, maybe he's trying to prove what I'm just saying, uh, prove that wrong that he can hit that it doesn't his arm doesn't matter. So it doesn't so it doesn't matter the the severity of his tear or that he's going to go out there and produce for you at least for the first year offensively anyway. Maybe that's his thought process. But if I was his representation, which I'm not. I would say Shohei, man, that you've done enough. Let's shut it down. Do you think that he wants to get to 50 homers? Is that what it is? I I don't know. What's 50 mean? What does 50 mean? I don't know. I mean, 50 is a nice number. It's it's kind of cool. You know what these – yeah, but you know what? Front offices don't care about counting stats, no, I know Chris. they don't. I don't. I, we talked about this on yesterday's show that he's probably already sat down with his team or he's – he's about to do it in the near future. And they're looking at everything. They're talking with their doctors and saying, okay, if he has to have surgery, what are we looking at? And if he has surgery, how does that play in the free agent market game? Will some teams be be like, okay, well, great. Now we know that we won't have him for 2024. This is how we can draw up the contract. Or does he try and pitch through this? I've told you yesterday, I've talked to several guys who have had this injury, partially torn UCL. Some of them pitched several years before it went fully tear on them and they had to have it surgically repaired. There's a lot of things up in the air, but I would sit this dance out. It just doesn't make any sense for it. 
you're you're thinking that possibly he rehabs this and makes one last start to show he's still got it or something? No, 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 not this year. No, no, no. No, what I'm saying is is that I've had guys say that they were able to pitch for a couple of years with a partially torn UCL. And we're still waiting on the full diagnosis here. So there's a lot of things up in the air, but the one thing you can control is me sitting out. (laughs) And nobody would begrudge him, not even the, the Angels. If he said, no. yeah, I'm going I'm to wait a little more. No. Just Can crazy. I say two things about this real quick? Yes, please. Number one, the amount of people that have texted me or DM'd me about Shohei shows to me just like the importance of Shohei Otani in Major League Baseball. I'm talking casuals, people that don't even follow baseball. Whoa, what happened to Shohei? What's going on? He is... I'm not going to say he's a household name in America. I don't think that's necessarily it yet. I don't, Chris. I don't. But it's close. It's pretty close. I told you. Listen, I'm in the NFL world every weekend. I get a lot of guys who I don't think pay attention to it asking me about it. So, And then the ladies think he's hot, too. Well, so this doesn't mean a gender specific thing. I just happen to hang out with a lot of dudes in the football. I'm world. I'm just saying like, that's like what that counts for something, Chris. Sure, it does. It does. By the way, second thing, second yeah, thing. Yeah, sorry, didn't know. That. Love no. talking ball with you. I love that. This is the second time today we're talking ball. Yeah, it is. Love it. Oh, is that what your point was? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. And by the way, there were a lot of people who were like, "Rose, you were such a pussy. Why did you act so down?" Because I was upset. I was upset with the fact that I love watching this guy, and now I'm worried about it in the future. You can't use the P word on this show. Did I? You Dan, just did. beep that yeah. out. Dan, beep that out. Or cut it out. Sorry. That was horrible of me. My Unreal. It's late night. I'd rather, you know what I'd rather talk about? My dog. One of the loves of my life. Our rescue, Sydney. We rescued her almost a decade ago, come World mm-hmm. Series time. So she's up there in age. She's either 11 or 12. We're not exactly sure what she is. But recently, she's got a little more spring in her step. You know why? We changed foods over the last several Mm. months. We have gone to Farmer's Dog. It delivers fresh, healthy dog food. It is developed by vets. It's nutritionally balanced. It's made from real healthy ingredients to human food safety standards. That is a big deal. It's not processed. It's not thrown together in some crap-ass kitchen. That's not how they roll. Farmer's Dog also sends the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog based on their unique nutritional needs. What does that mean? At the beginning, you fill out a five-minute questionnaire about what breed your dog is, how big, how active, and then they send you it. And the packages say Sydney on it, like yours won't, unless everybody's dog out there is named Sydney, like ours. But you just figure out exactly how much. It's like, Use one quarter of this package every time you feed your dog and you're good to go. And it's perfect. You can keep it in the freezer until it's, you know, you're a day out. We throw it in the fridge, thaws out. She's happy as can be. Every time we freaking open the fridge, she thinks it's time to eat. That's how much she loves it. And I want you to get 50% off your first box of the fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash johnboy. Plus, you get free shipping. That is thefarmersdog.com slash johnboy for 50% off. That's a pretty good deal. Enjoy. Your dog will say, row, row, row. Row, row, row. Uh, For sure he will. He or she. We don't love this. 
Several reports saying that Steven Strasburg will officially retire as a Washington National in early September. Of course, Strasburg never recovered from his latest injury, the thoracic outlet syndrome. What is the best word to describe the career of the former number one overall pick? I want everyone to listen to this very closely. I'm going to give you two words. I know you hate that. I'm giving you two. It's okay. I'm not I'm not going to be mean to you. Some people said I was mean to you yesterday. One, Chris, um, is prototypical. And what I mean by that is if you were to build a pitcher in a lab, it would look like Steven Strasburg. 6'5", 240, calves bigger than Jake Storiales, mechanically sound, long wingspan, uh, 97th percentile in extension, a curveball from hell. We talk about Lance McCullers dipping down into the well in the middle of the forest to find his curveball from hell. Steven, Stra- Steven Strasburg was in that forest before Lance McCullers Jr. That thing was absolutely ferocious. This guy could throw five. He had five-plus pitches in 2017. Most of the other t- years, he had four-plus pitches because he whittled down his repertoire a little bit. But everything you'd want in a pitcher if you were just to make one in a lab. Second word I'm going to use to describe him, a freaking menace because of all those things. I faced this guy when he was first coming up. I faced him in the minor leagues, dude, on his way up. This guy was different than anyone I saw at that time. All these guys throwing now and throwing hard and all this, their pitches moving everywhere. That was Strasburg before that we had the slow-mo cameras, before we had TrackMan data. Like this guy had everything, all the ability in the world, man. So I want people to like remember that. Obviously, people will talk about his debut and how electric mm-hmm. that was against the Pirates and so many different things you could talk about. Uh, but I don't want people to remember him as the guy that got injured a bunch and that, you know, thoracic outlet finally put him down. And, and, and like, that's not the guy that I remember at all. So I, I want people to remember him as that menace, that prototypical menace type guy, because really I'm, I, I want, I want to get this point across. Like he was, he had today's stuff back then. Uh-huh. In 2010, 2009, like he he had that without all the data and the help. So, Strags, wish you the best, man. Uh, it was an honor competing against you, and I think the world of you, man. The word I'm going to use is almost. He is no, no, no. But you got to follow me here. He was almost a Hall of Famer. He was on that trajectory, man. I didn't know this until I saw some of the stuff I was reading on Thursday that he would, it took him the fewest innings to get to 1500 career strikeouts. The fewest. That's not fewest game. This is something that we can measure a hundred years back. Inning for inning. He in the history of the sport. And every time I saw him, I felt like I could see something special. He was such a good athlete out there. He was just filthy and dominant. I hated the way the Nationals protected him when he came up. Like, the only time you could ever speak to him was after a game. I was like, let him grow up a little bit. So I always felt like they were a little too protective of him. Uh, I wish they would have taken the bubble wrap off of him. But it kind of went hand in hand with everything else. Like, 
Remember when he'd come back from injury, Scott Boris would intervene and there would be a throwing program that he would set up with the team. And it just felt like it always felt a little off with that stuff. But as far as once it was time to go, when it was go time at 7-10 or whatever time he's throwing that first pitch, there weren't a whole lot of guys I would rather see. And so I just felt like he's almost the guy that we would have seen in Cooperstown. And I'm happy that he had his his run in 2019 when he was the World Series MVP where you can say nobody could ever say, well, he was a number one pick, but he was the number one pick of a franchise. And part of his role was to get that team to the promised land. And damn it, he did it. Now are you okay with the word almost? Uh, yeah, I was just sorry. I'm, I'm looking some stats up. I, I was listening to you, and I agree. I, I like you made almost a compliment. Yeah, yeah. that's it's, that's why you're Chris Rose right there because I, I don't think I could do that. Uh, let's do a seven year run here. Uh, well, an eight year, I guess. 2012 to 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, an ERA plus of 128. Where do I find the ERA here? Why can't I find? It? Oh yeah, a three two one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy was an ace and a bulldog, and I got to take the ball a lot. I know he had like you know he had a few spells on the the injured list uh, in these years, but for the most part, he's making 24 to 30 starts a year. And when he did, it was a very difficult night for opposing hitters. Yeah. So I don't know, man. This guy's quickly, he's special. Bob Nightingale tweeted out that Strasburg's going to continue to be paid $35 million annually through 2026, about eleven and a half million of that deferred each year. Then he gets 26.6 mil in 2027, 28, and 29 in owed deferred payments. Contract was not insured, leaving the Nats on the hook for its entirety. If he's retiring, he gets all that dough. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's like a medical leave, just like uh, Prince Fielder had. Prince Fielder got it. Yeah, wow. Yeah. But the team's on the hook because not in. How did it not insure him? What What happened there? I'm I'm not really sure. I okay. have no idea. Maybe because it's deferred payments. They said I don't. We don't really care about those. But it, it is it him that's becoming the new Bobby Bonilla because somebody is about to become the new Bobby Bonilla, and it's like five million a year for the next 10 years. I forget who it is. By the way, Sneaky, Ken Griffey Jr. is still on the Reds' payroll. I think is he? he's paid through next year. He's like the somebody else, though, too. He's paid red. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of those, man. That's some good shit. I should have made it. so much more money and just made him defer it. And like, I don't know. Yeah. It's actually not smart to defer the money, but whatever. Well, I don't know. You still end up getting, even if you got like a million and a half every year for like, 20 years you should have deferred money but the problem is you like to party it up bro um one thing you're keeping your eye on this weekend it could be a team situation a matchup an individual player just give me don't do that <laughs> you're gonna make me jump you don't know anything about my financials bro i know i'm just kidding jesus gosh Christ. all right uh one thing i'm watching this weekend uh it's a series actually starts as a recording this uh, it's the Cincinnati Reds versus the Di- the Diamondbacks. I just Good think one. it's it's an interesting series. I think they're separated by half a game right now. Obviously, they're still fighting for the same thing. The Reds are still in play somewhat for the NL Central, but it's really the wild card we're talking about here. And so I think these four games mean something. Obviously, they're going to mean something in the standings, but they also, another reason I want to watch it is I feel like they kind of, um, 
are similar teams where it's it's been young guys and it's been a dynamic type of baseball to be played where they're playing defense, they're running the bases. Some of the young guys that have come up and made a splash. Now, I think Arizona's starting pitching is better than um, Cincinnati's, but the depth really isn't there either. So, like, they're relying on some young guys and some spot starts here and there and some and and, and stuff like that. So, I think they're two teams that kind of beat their projected window. Um, and then I think that they're, you know, they're on the same path roster wise. So I think it's a really fun matchup to watch. And it's a four game set. So sometimes those get a little nutty. Don't tell anybody. Bryce Harper is smoking hot. He is playing some baseball. You know, okay. only five total homers, May, June, July, seven in the month of August. He hit that laser beam of Duvall the other day. Even though yes. the Giants they ended lost, up winning yeah. it, it Afterthought. was a great ninth inning moment. Like it's, folks, he's he's here. It's been very quiet. Like we spent a lot of time talking about Nick Castellanos homering on Nick Castellanos day. <laughs> we talk about Trey Turner and how he's you know turned it around since they gave him a standing O. But Bryce Harper is back, and now this weekend he takes on St. Louis, a team that they knocked out in the playoffs a year ago. And guess who he has got the highest career OPS against of all National League teams? Whoever they're playing this weekend? The St. Louis Cardinals, right? Okay. Team I just mentioned. You just said that? Okay. Yeah, thanks for listening. Do you want to know why I wasn't paying attention to you? I was just looking at his contract. $27 million for Bryce Harper? No, right? That seems like a freaking steal. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. Well, for now, right. It, the the question when he signed it. For I think, now, what, what, what was it? Well, because it was a thir- it was thirteen for three thirty. Yeah, I mean, right? it only takes him through uh, age thirty eight. He might sign no, another right. deal after that. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Holy okay. shnikey. And then it goes down, Chris. The last three years of the contract goes down to twenty three point five. Yeah, that'll be like league average by then. I've got one more gift for everybody. I want to welcome you all to the world of sports cards reimagined. So whether you're a brand new collector, I'm kind of a newbie, or have shoeboxes full of cards in your attic, kind of like Ploof in his big attic, in his big time house, the sports card investor app, it completely changes the way that you buy, sell, and collect. You can jumpstart your collection by finding the best prices on cards of your favorite players, helping you build a -a one-of-a-kind collection, save some dough along the way. You easily track the value of your favorite cards, find the best prices with eBay deals, and see which players are all on the rise, all from the palm of your hand, right? I might check my stock prices on my phone. You can check your sports card collection. It's got up-to-date sales data on over 2 million cards. You always know exactly what your collection is worth and when to buy or sell. It's available for free in Google Play and the App Store. Reimagine how you collect and download the Sports Card Investor app today. Believe me, you will enjoy. Um, Before we get out of here for the weekend, a tweet from our buddy Vinny Pasquantino, who has been rehabbing that injured shoulder. Hopefully, I'm going to have a chance to uh, have a drink with him this weekend in Kansas City while I'm there for about 36 hours or so. He tweeted out, one downside of this injury I was not expecting is that I now have to help with some of the manual labor of my wedding so if you receive an invitation, please know that I had to organize these invitations myself. Could be playing baseball, but instead I'm doing arts and crafts. I kind of laughed That's at pretty it. pretty funny. It's good. Uh, how active were you with your wedding planning? Uh, Like regular active. So I guess in my mind, just not that much. That I, I went minimal. and picked. Yeah. 
we had discussions. If anybody knows my wife, uh, beautiful, um, smart, uh, the light of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing she is, it's, it's indecisive. Oh, she goes back and forth on a lot of things. Um, so I was involved in some decisions. So, you know, I went and did the, the food tasting. That's the fun part. I, I remember picking up calligraphy uh, for our invitations. That was done by like a local woman in Minnesota that we got referred to, which like went to her house and picked uh, up our invitation calligraphy. So that was nice. I don't know. I did a bunch of stuff. Helped pick out the venue. We got married at Pepperdine University. And uh, you can only get married there if you're an uh, alumni or a staff member. But because I was a donor, Chris, because of all that money I made that you never think I have, uh, we were able to make it happen. (laughs) Who who thinks that you don't have money? That is such bullshit. That's not what I said. Good for you. I'm just saying. Okay, donor. Yeah, what about what about you, Chris? How active were you in your wedding planning? Well, back when uh, I got married, we uh, chiseled it out of a stone tablet. Yeah, you did. Uh, yeah. That's how we sent out our invitations. Uh, you were betrothed to Michelle, I'm sure. Um, I did a lot. Now, we were living in Atlanta at the time, but we were getting married in Los Angeles. So she had to go back for some things, right, to go work on it. But I was there for, of course the food tasting Obviously. and the cake met with the photographer, a guy named Shannon who did a really nice job. I always loved our wedding photos. Um, uh, let's see here. What else did I do? I did. I did a lot of stuff. Oh, well back then now it's easy to do all of your registering. You just do it online. You say, I want that, that, that Yeah, yeah, yeah. back then we, we had to take one of these like, Oh, I did the guns. same thing. We gunned it. We gunned it. Now, did you do the fun thing where you're supposed to like spin around three times and just shoot it at something and it'll show up at your house? And you're like, I didn't register for this, but it was like, we, didn't, the fun- we oh. didn't do that. No, yeah, I think we did that. So, yeah, we still have a few yeah. things in our repertoire, in our kitchen repertoire that we registered for. No joke. We just got rid of our blender that we got for our wedding. So it's been 10 years. Uh, it kind of gave out on us a little bit. We had ne- another one just sitting there waiting to be used. So we finally put that one to sleep. And uh, I think that was the bronze that might have got us the blender. So thank you to Ryan and Larissa. Uh, sorry, we weren't on AMP today. We will be back at it on Monday, probably about noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, as we get down to the nitty gritty in the baseball world for our one of a kind producer, Dan Rourke and the uber talented and fiscally sound Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Thanks for tuning in to baseball today. Have a tremendous weekend, everybody.